In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents. Madam Speaker, Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets a group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics, which today are Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's <laughs> testicles. <laughs> <laughs> The talk of the town. The talk of the town. And you know, if you you listen to these out of order, I'll note today is September 14th, <laughs> in case this becomes relevant on another day. And you're like, but which day when we were talking about the balls? Yeah, which part of the national news story that was Nicki Minaj's cousin in Trinidad's <laughs> friend's balls? <laughs> no. I will say that, you know, as the, the, the listeners will know, I've been away. I missed a couple news stories. <laughs> it's nice to come back to this one. <laughs> True, I know you're gone the whole time. That ab- I mean, abortion is still outlawed in Texas. We're just sort of living yes. in that world now. But um, yeah, you come. I back didn't have then- to process it publicly. I didn't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> not, none of the hurricanes. Nothing. I got to come oh, back yeah, wow. for Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend's balls and the Met Gala, which makes the me Met really Gala. happy. Beautiful. And um, how, how did you have a restful honeymoon? How was it? Highlight. The most restful honeymoon. I loved it. We live in a beautiful country. (laughs) Yeah. You were, you were in the real America. I was in the real America. Actually, when we uh, took, we took a vintage train, which I highly recommend called the Grand Canyon Railway. It's a vintage train that goes from the town of Williams, Arizona to the Grand Canyon Hmm. and um, fake cowboys rob you and it's really fun that sounds ideal but at one point there was like a singing cowboy who came through the train and he asked where danny and i were from and we said new york and he said well welcome to america (laughs) 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 and everybody on the train laughed at us and i was laughing too (laughs) well that means you really found like a spot for the locals the place that you were you were mocked for being from New York. That's we loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. It was great. Uh, yeah. Arizona is extremely beautiful. Uh, How was Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Vegas. You know, I don't think that I'm a Vegas person, but yeah. it was important for me to go I and think- to see and experience. The tagline, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is because no one really enjoys being there. No one really wants to say, I didn't like it. And and so Vegas doesn't want the tagline to be like, you can go just once. (laughs) I had its moments. It had its moments. But also we accidentally planned to be in Vegas over Labor Day weekend, which was just something we weren't thinking about in the grand (laughs) scheme. Like, I just wasn't thinking about that because I was planning a 10 day trip and I just... 
I like tasted tequila vomit when you just said that. Yeah. And so it was and cigarettes. It was a little bit. (laughs) It was a it was a little bit, a lot of it. And, and um, I, 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 the only time I felt COVID Just nervous. treading so carefully know, for our Las Vegas listeners. Like, I don't, I don't want to yuck anybody's yums. Right. You know what well, I'm so here's saying? The, thing. the people who live in Las Vegas don't have. They're like, there to work a lot. They're there time. to work. And they're also like, they, they, um, they're not like doing the, they're working there, but they're also. I don't know. People come to New York or like live right. in Orlando. Don't always go to Disney World. You know what I mean? Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I will say that Cirque du Soleil is very fun. I saw Cirque du Soleil. I just got my main thing is that I was getting a little COVID right. nervous. Yeah. yeah. And um, ultimately fine. I don't have COVID. So. Woo. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it was a little. I couldn't really do like the full casino thing on the level. So I couldn't really give myself to Vegas in the way that you have to really give yourself to Vegas. Got it. Got Mm -hmm. it. I mean, maybe, maybe there will be another time for Vegas to, to redeem itself. I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And I will say again that I love Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) (laughs) So where I would love to hear, I mean, I was at your wedding, so we heard a lot about it, but where can you tell the full story, including what happened to the ice cream truck that allegedly caught on fire mm-hmm. on there, the Betches Brides podcast? I do. I do. Um, I think that episode's out next week on the Betches Brides week. podcast. Me and Nicole chat about our weddings. I tell the whole story next, next Monday. Monday. Next Monday, the podcast comes out and um, we chat all about it. And I think they're going to put pictures on the bride's page. So you can hear the whole story there. So so many anticipated Betches weddings. I mean, if you're not in on Nicole Pellegrino, event of the century. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hit back that. And uh, we have been podcasting because I went on Elise's podcast, Rose yes, of Your indeed. Teenage Self, and that is on today. And it was very fun. Oh, we talked about everything. I mean, we talked about everything. We are very uh, similar in our emo, our emo existences. And I thought it was an amazing episode. And once you're done listening to Amanda's episode, if you haven't already listened to Brian's episode, you go back to Brian's episode. Mm -hmm. I've got a Millie episode. I've got got all three three founders episode. I got to get a Caitlin episode. I I want to hear a a Caitlin episode would be like, a different genre of podcast. I feel like it yeah. would be like in the Malcolm Gladwell section. Yeah, I'm just like, I feel like she was just like a well-adjusted adult woman. Who just like, read she was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> she's exactly the same as she is now. Yeah, just like killing it. Caitlin, anyway, Caitlin is a uh, Caitlin is 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Caitlin's 15. Surprise, Caitlin's actually a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird arrangement we've got for her, but trust us, it's legal. So check those out. And um, today we are going to start off with our buzzworthy news segment brought to you by Dame. Putting the buzz in all the right places, making the world a happier place, one vulva at a time. Today's buzzworthy news headline, of course, is that last night was the yearly Met Gala. We're obviously going to focus on AOC's choice of dress in our next segment. But for this buzzworthy segment, what were our overall thoughts on the look and the the vibe of, of this Met Gala? Do we like consuming this content? I was. I was consuming this content, but also I've realized like from the VMAs and the Met Gala being like, con- like back to back, 
I follow too many of the same kind of accounts. And so that was really mm-hmm. helpful for me that I was like, oh, I'm seeing the same pictures over and over again. I'm just going to like clean house. So that was nice. Exactly. But, um, uh, the Met Gala, I felt I didn't know. I didn't really know what the theme was at all. I ha- I kept asking, like I didn't go, I because I don't really pay that close of attention like to like it leading up to it. But as it's happening, you can usually see a theme, whether it's like medieval and that was like the whatever one, I that love one. the Catholic one. That's one yeah, of my ca- favorite. That one yeah. yeah. And that, that where Catholic. everyone was just the Pope. I love oh, it. <laughs> Rihanna was the Pope. Yeah. There were like the 15 day. Popes. <laughs> I loved yeah. it so much. I see. I just night. couldn't tell what the theme I loved was. It. It was also confusing because it's usually um, it's usually in May, but they postponed it. They didn't have one last year. And then they third Friday or whatever. Exactly. But what's weird is that we're going to do it all again on May 2nd, 2022. So that is very strange. The, The theme. So first of all, I don't think a lot of people got the theme because the theme didn't jump out, but it was American independence. But the, I also saw it just listened as like American fashion, America, yeah. like precisely the theme. And as I saw a lot of people say, like there were mostly European designers. It wasn't <laughs> I mean, somebody who nailed the theme was like Amanda Gorman, who was, was a co-chair. Yes. She nailed the theme. Her dress was blue, but it had I think it was like inspired by the Statue of Liberty. And she had a clutch that said, like, give us your mm-hmm. you're tired. Great. Only understood the assignment. Emily Blunt had a great Statue of Liberty inspired Lady Liberty thing going on. I like that J-Lo pulled the Southwest cowboy mm-hmm. woman, cowgirl. I think that that's great. I liked um, um, Lupita Nyong'o had a cool interpretation. She just dress. wore like, a, a, yeah, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, but then there were other people... I mean, a lot of people looked great, but some people went like old Hollywood with it, which is an interpretation. But I feel like, right, like Billy. personally, I feel like old Hollywood is a different thing. Not to say Billy didn't look wonderful. She did. She did. Yeah. Megan Thee Stallion looked wonderful. Oh, she did. I also love Serena Williams. I'm surprised, mm. however, we, we she remembers with this like, like, um, this like long, like, yeah, this, like, Leo, like, what was it? Like a one piece leotard? How would yeah. you, what would you call that? I, I think don't know. that's called a, I think it's called a and, leotard, pants. Yeah. It was like beautiful. It was like stars on it. And then it had, yeah. she had this like long train thing. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we didn't see more Dolly Parton inspired looks, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's bring, like, I feel like JLo's one of the only people I saw go that direction. And after mm-hmm. having just traveled the Southwest, there's a lot of fun to be had mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. that way. Yes. I'm trying to think of who else's looks. It seems like there was, I mean, I also don't pay attention as much, but it seemed like everybody was there, which is good because this turned out to be, as we'll discuss later, an unofficial list of vaccinated celebrities because it appears this (laughs) was vax only. So we'll talk about the most conspicuous absentee Uh in a moment. But um, yeah, I did see some, some people trying to chronicle who would normally be there, who was not, but it's like, you know, Beyonce's got so many better things to do that yeah. I don't really think it's that Beyonce's deep. vaccinated. I'm not yeah. worried about But that. I was more happy to see people that I'd had questions about. Like, okay, good, good. Oh, good. Oh, they're the- oh, good, good. Like, good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's like Rihanna, <laughs> Rihanna didn't come on, onto the carpet until like the last yeah. minute. And it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. But she also, I could have seen just being like, oh, I'd rather stay in tonight. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That was our Buzzworthy News segment brought to you by Dame. 
if you don't have any balls in your life, met balls or otherwise, uh, you can find something on Dame, even if you do. They've got stuff for you and your partner as well. To get that buzz, you can try Dame for yourself by visiting dameproducts.com slash SEP. You can learn more and take the quiz to find out which fiber product will be the perfect fit. Plus, all new customers will get 15% off their first order at dameproducts.com slash SEP. That's D-A-M-E-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S dot com slash SEP. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So we have to address Nicki Minaj. <laughs> we, we simply must. We're doing this outside the segment. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to involve Dame in this. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't deserve, they don't deserve this. They're too good. No, they're a great company. <laughs> Stay out of it. Last night, Nicki Minaj revealed that she remains unvaccinated because she is still doing her research. I guess she's got an mRNA lab in her home. I'm expecting mm-hmm. with the team of scientists and their guys, they're still working on it. So they don't know yet. I yeah. don't know what they know <laughs> that multiple global and national science agencies don't know, but uh, she says she plans to get vaxxed, but doesn't feel any urgency to saying that the Met Gala required it. That's why this came out. I guess she, um, she wanted to, I mean, kind of way to like steal the beginning of the show. Cause suddenly yes. everybody's attention turned to that. 
But she also, she didn't just tweet that. I thought she just tweeted that. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. I'm going to go watch TV. And then Brian sent me, she went on a tear. Yeah. A complete tear, which included a claim that her cousin's friend's testicles became so swollen by the vaccine or after he got the vaccine. This is obviously false. The claim was that her cousin's... <laughs> like, disclaimer, the vaccine doesn't do this. Like, I was even wondering when she tweeted that, I was like, I get very like, we shouldn't share that. It's misinformation, but it's like, the jig is up. She said yeah. her cousin's friend's testicles. It's over. Yeah. So I haven't even been able to complete this claim, but she claimed her cousin's friend's testicles became so swollen after he was vaccinated that he was rendered completely impotent, therefore losing him his fiance who canceled... <laughs> their wedding. The wedding and <laughs> canceled the wedding because he couldn't get it up for like a week she said i'm not marrying you <laughs> he got some sort of infection that caused his testicles to enlarge yeah, and he was, was like COVID. Uh, i'm sure it was, it was a COVID. COVID. Yeah. The vaccine. Uh, yeah. oh it had to be the vaccine yeah um <laughs> i just wonder how many like like is ben shapiro on his way to trinidad right now to try and find Nicki minaj's cousin's friend to investigate his balls like where like I'm I'm certain that there's some like weird that's in- true. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's in her DMs like we've been looking for something like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put us in touch with your cousins. I know, but also like Nicki Minaj, like she is not in a good public relations place right now. There are issues no. with her husband, right? Like he is mm-hmm. has some issues in his background, and it's just um, I don't know, disappointing, but yeah, you know, I'll always be a fan of Nikki's music. Pink Friday was a big one for me. It's not huge, <laughs> hugely surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, true. It's kind of right on the nose. This is how she feels. And what is funny to me about it is I do feel like it lays bare like what most of the anti-vax arguments sound totally. like, which is just yeah. like, my cousin's friend's balls got huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, okay. Um, that sounds like a problem with your cousin's friend for sure. I'm Wait, also, it really does yeah. make me laugh that you would just immediately cancel your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going on. It's just like Nikki's like because of the vaccine, his his future marriage ended. It's like sounds like sounds like he was sleeping around and she didn't want to marry him anymore. <laughs> yeah, she really told a three part story in one yeah. tweet. Like she gave us a beginning, middle and end. If anything, mm-hmm. that's something we can learn from. Uh, <laughs> I know, what, quite the, a storyteller. The the best the best part is what's the best is what's left unsaid, which is that obviously this man got an STD. His girlfriend <laughs> found out. Yes. And now he's saying that the vaccine made his balls. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, such a so surreal. What an absurd, absurd story. Oh, Nikki. Well, I, I really hope that Nikki gets vaccinated. I assume that her her hopes to host the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion are dodged just now that she has publicly stated she's not vaxxed. Maybe she would for that. Who knows? This, you know, I have noticed that this I was so I was listening to Pop Alarm by Betches um, mm-hmm. this morning and we were really full of plugs today. Yeah. We make so much content. Yeah. And Dylan was talking about how this raised the question of, you know, who pulled out last minute and who was inconspicuously there because of the new vaccine mandate, which I thought was an interesting thing to, you know, talk about too, because apparently Kylie Jenner pulled out last minute. 
Hmm. Um, apparently, like, you know, other notable absences were like Anwar Hadid and Dua Lipa. Mm-hmm. And apparently Anwar had in the past has made anti-vax yeah. sentiments. So it's interesting. I'm not saying that no one knows anything, but it's also it's like, oh, I wonder what is going on in the world of celebrity now when there's all of these award shows and we're living in a new COVID mm-hmm. world. And are these people going to are these designers, are these directors, actors, musicians, whoever going to want to work with the people? who aren't vaccinated. And I you wonder if like, I mean? yeah, last award season, maybe we had just gotten the vaccine, but not a lot of the, I mean, still... I think actors can be considered at, you know, there's a period of essential workers. If you have to go to set and you interact with people, but, but yeah, you're right. Now we're going to get into that award season where it's readily, it's readily available. And I don't think we're talking enough about how like, we ask our celebrities to speak up for everything when there's a social justice issue when just big things are happening. And I hear very, very little from celebrities about vaccines. I hear very little from athletes and it's just sort of like accepted, but we are, we, we tear each other apart over it. Like you will tear your aunt a new one for not being vaccinated, but our favorite celebrities were just sort of like, Oh, okay. Like, it seems like there hasn't really been a Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia exactly. Rodrigo. <laughs> All those Gen Z kids were there. Artist, right? Our, mm-hmm. She got Best New Artist at the VMAs and she was great. Mm-hmm. great. What, a, what a weekend for Billie Eilish. Gen Z, the Gen Z kids, I don't worry about at all. Not I watched the VMAs. They were I was like, I love I love the I love the current crop of pop stars we have with like Lil Nas yeah. X and Olivia mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. It's yeah. a good era. It's a good era. Yes. Yeah, Billy, Choice obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like, oh, love I trust one. them all. Yeah. <laughs> I trust them. <laughs> so now into our long awaited topic <laughs> AOC's dress. So, dun, Representative dun, dun. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, she went to the Met Ball. Um, I did. I don't know if that was announced beforehand. I didn't know, but as we discussed, I didn't really know the Met Ball was happening. It was just such a jam-packed weekend, like from 9-11 to the VMAs to the Met Ball wild. So she wore a gown designed by uh, Aurora James. It said, tax the rich and striking red embroidery. I personally think that the way the dress was embroidered and the way the text looked was, was incredible. I thought mm-hmm. that was stunning. I... Should I give okay, my full? No. Should I'll, I read, I'll read the background read for the, thing and then for I the will two tell... people who are listening who don't know what we're talking about. Aurora J, because I'm going to put all the good information in so yes. people have it, because I don't want to leave out the positives. Yes. <laughs> so the positive is that I think the way the dress was embroidered, the specific embroidering on the back looked beautiful. Aurora James is a black woman designer who's also an immigrant, owns a brand that I bet got a ton of attention last night. I bet got a ton of orders and that's awesome. The question is sort of whether it was right for the occasion. I would say there are a few conversations to be had here. One has much more value than the other. The valuable one, I think, is whether this particular statement was effective in this particular setting. The less valuable one is one we're seeing conservatives and even some white male leftists, leftists of all persuasions having about, but specifically men, about whether women who are progressive are allowed to ever do anything fancy. This harkens back to <laughs> the people that lost their mind when AOC got an expensive haircut. That is just a haircut in New York City and that she sells merchandise that also says tax the rich. People have criticized her for that. So those are the two conversations. Um how do how do we how how did we react to this? Okay. 
I've been, I've obviously spent all morning thinking about ASU's dress. <laughs> Who hasn't? I am. See, the thing is, I don't want to align myself with these like people who no, are I going know, yes. crazy at her. But that's why I distinguish between the two. Like, exactly. I'll just pose to you, the value of question, which is, was, did you think, at least, that this particular statement was effective at this particular setting? I don't feel that it was because I do think it's for the most part struck people as kind of anachronistic to the moment a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, I think, like, or at least, I'll just speak for myself. It gave me a little bit of like a uh, feeling because mm-hmm. just because the Met Gala is such an elite event and is such a like ostentatious show of wealth, it's not even like an awards show where she would maybe come out like they just go in and then all hang out at the Met and mm-hmm. we don't get to see. <laughs> yeah. And that's the <laughs> point of it. Yeah. Which. I do see the value in bringing that statement to that space. Um, I think the thing that turns me off about it in general is just having a sitting representative at the Met Gala, I think maybe is not what I love. Well, and that goes for Carolyn Maloney, who was there too. I just, I, I think that the mix of celebrity and politician Mm. irked me a little bit because that scares me you know for some reason AOC is such a celebrity that I hadn't even necessarily thought of that it's like she's already in the category of celebrity for me but that is such a good point I mean she she stated um she wrote on Instagram and before haters get wild flying off the handle New York elected officials are routinely invited to and attend the Met due to our responsibilities True. in overseeing and supporting the city's cultural institutions for the public. I was one of several in attendance this evening. However, they don't, even if they're normally invited, you don't usually see them there. Like, you're right. It's not like they're there and nobody pays attention. I think it's pretty de Blasio was there. Oh, I, just, right. I just wonder if she just gets, if she gets more attention because she is ultra famous. She is, yeah. she yeah. is like a celebrity-esque kind of figure. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't bother me as much because I, you, you know, she there's, there's two types of people who basically go to the Met, like the designers will go and they'll bring a celebrity that they feel like they'll pay for the tickets and they'll bring a celebrity. They feel like represents their brand the most or who they want to dress. Um, there's also people who are invited. And I, so I just think of it in, of like, she's not really spending her own money on this. Like people are like, like the designers are doing it for her. Like, I bet you the only thing that she spent money on was her hair and her makeup. You know what I mean? Which looked great. I really liked her hair and makeup. I didn't like the dress. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's I'm why sorry. I specified. I know. That's why I specified. I loved the way the black, like the red looked. I thought that was very the, skillful. Like just the, to- that I'm, I, where I'm a podcast yeah. and I'm showing a shape, but yeah. Um, Cara Delevingne's outfit. Yeah, I w- I really liked and where liked it was very scene. similar. It was white, but it was like it was like a pantsuit and it said peg the patriarchy on it, which is like a fucking cool thing to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so is the difference because she is not a public. I mean, also, the message was that she's saying so let's actually backtrack and talk about how she got there. I'm not sure who invited her. It's obviously really exclusive, but you can only gain entry if you're invited or designer buys your ticket. But that's via like a. I think it's around $30,000 donation to the Met. I assume this is why this wasn't an ethics issue for any of the, the elected representatives who go, since no one purchases you a gift, they make a donation to the, to the museum. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess for, for me, it's like, it doesn't 
bother me tremendously because I don't fall into the category of people. I'm like you, Elise, like I'm like, oh, but I don't fall into the category of people that thinks that being having politics that fall on the left means you can never, ever do these things. The thing is, I kind of thought she did. So that's where I was surprised. Like I could see AOC criticizing this moment if it were yeah. somebody else. I I felt that way a little bit. I also like I do have sympathy for her in the fact that like we've never had a beautiful 30 year old congresswoman who has used social media to kind of live in yeah. this world of like politician and celebrity and uh, youth culture all at the same time. Like, mm -hmm. I think maybe some of the reason why it might come off as like untoward to me or something a politician shouldn't do is because she's just a new type of person that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And you think it's something there? that a politician, regardless of gender, it rubs you a little bit. Yeah, that's that said when you brought up the point that she made on Instagram about New York politicians being typically invited. Mm -hmm. That makes a little more sense to me because it is like a New, New York, York event, right. cultural institution. I think I would maybe also feel differently if she just kind of like quietly went mm -hmm. and wore maybe not like with a statement dress, but there was something about like being in that space with that dress that felt off to me. Like I, I didn't, the statement didn't hit for me personally, but that doesn't mean that I think she's like not a real socialist exactly. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's also so many statements you can make in that moment. And like, part of me is like, okay, cool. So maybe people it, like, she's probably making people who are there uncomfortable with that statement, which they should be if they exactly. feel like they should, they don't pay enough in taxes. So on that hand, I'm understanding. I get it. But then it's also just like the juxtaposition of seeing this statement there it's kind of it just like it seems like it doesn't make super sense because it's like mm -hmm. i don't know yeah and I, yeah. I didn't i mean when i saw carolyn maloney's i was a little like my reaction was like what is a con what's my congresswoman doing there mm -hmm. you know because it's the precise nature of the met gala is that it's exclusive is that it's so indulgent and self-important it's something that we all gather to sort of like i know there are people that consume it really earnestly. And like, I have a friend that works at Vogue and I know they work there. Like to put that thing on is, is crazy. Oh, totally. but, I, um, but I had a more positive reaction to Carolyn Maloney's out, um, dress. She, she had like a head to toe, like equal rights amendment themed. I thought it was timely and like this sound like age appropriate and fit in with the theme, but I can't, I don't have a good reason why that, that message did hit for me more than AOC's did. I, I like you said, Elise, it's like, I don't know if I would have rather her gone and not worn a statement. Like we would still be getting reactions from, from like Don Jr. Yeah, had mean, she gone thing, and not like, said tax the rich. Yeah. Like if she had gone in any outfit, this say she was going to get the, the crazy people who hate her on both the left and the right, who criticize every single thing she does. They weren't going to love her being there at all. Um, Again, I just don't think the statement hit for me. It felt a little like, yeah, uh, I think I think I would have maybe even felt different if there if it was at an awards show, which is so weird because that's a very like Hollywood right. elite thing, too. But there's something because the Met Gala is literally they all show up in 
couture gowns and then go inside and we don't get to see them. There's something so elitist about that. Right. Right. And it's like, what did she do when she got inside? Like, did she just talk to the celebrities and then did she tell them, please, please pay your your share? I I don't know. I mean, right. I do. I, the, the argument she's making for the message she wanted to send, I think like, she did what she went out to do. And, and I'm, I'm like, sure. Okay. Uh, for me, it hit a little weird. And I do wonder if there are a small minority of her supporters who are very surprised and disappointed. Cause like, like I would go to the Met Ball if I were in Congress, probably because oh, yeah, yeah. I don't really, because my brand probably wouldn't be super, super far left, but you know, I saw some pretty harsh tweets about her from people like that were very mad, but she would even go. Yeah, I could see it being a political calculation. Like also like there's, you know, people, she probably knew people were going to be pissed off about it. A, B, but then she's also like, people are going to get over it. And I'm going to be in the room with a lot of influential people, um, a lot of New York influential people. So maybe it's a, also a networking opportunity. Like, yeah, we know she's probably going to run for something else in the future. So yeah. You're right. Like, this is something, this is a story that people will be talking about for like a day. It's not going to hurt her long term. So I can totally see like, all right, I'll just do this. But I think she was earnest in the message she wanted to send, I, as yeah. well as and knowing then, there was a political calculus. And then I'll have Rihanna endorse me. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'll win, obviously. And I'll win, obviously, yeah. I did see a tweet that was like, oh, so when Melania Trump has a message on right. her jacket, it's bad. And I'm like, yeah, because the message was, I don't care about migrant children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it was so funny because it was like, oh, so it's dependent on what it says. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it 100% is. That's, that's <laughs> the key component. <laughs> if Melania Trump wore a tax the rich dress, I would be, I mean, be, I would, that would be so confusing. That would be, I would be confused. I would be pro, but I'd be a lot. I would be, I would be confused. Actually. <laughs> confusing. I think my main feeling would be confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like net, this has like a net, maybe overall net positive effect, but it's like, and I, I want to acknowledge like, cause I have a question on here that says, is it sexist to talk about this? I think yes, but we live in a sexist world. So I, that's why we're talking about it. Like, she knew what reaction she knew the reactions were going to be, you know, direct guided by sexism and perceptions. And, uh, but that's just like how women have to live. So I guess my reaction to it is like, Oh, she, she should have known how sexist people were going to be, but I think she did. And she made that. She knows, but yeah, there, that is an interesting point that like, again, Bill de Blasio was there. He can kind of like slip in and out wear a nondescript suit. No one's going to say shit. But expectations are also pretty low. Yeah. But like if she showed up and she looked bad, then it's a story that she showed up and she looked bad. If she shows up in the dress, it's a story like no matter you're you're right in that no matter what she did in attending, she was going to create some kind of narrative. So it's probably better that it's around taxing. Right. If she had worn a dress with no statement, I can, oh my God, there would have been just as many people saying why, if she was going to go, she could have at least made a political statement on her dress. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, imagine if Bill de Blasio wore what Lil Nas X wore, then he would that really would be amazing. He should have not be flying under the radar. <laughs> that yeah. would have been amazing. That I would have been amazing. I, that, I, <laughs> that would really uh, solidify his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> be the first interesting thing he ever did. Yeah. <laughs> Leaving on a high note. It's also funny to think about because he's so tall. 
I so know. it would just be mm-hmm. huge. <laughs> <laughs> so this conversation comes as I think these two conversations are linked. I think all of our conversations are today. This comes as people are reacting to the new CBS show called The Activist, which pits activists and their causes against each other in a competition for funding and access. The show will be hosted by Priyanka Chopra, Julianne Ho, is it Huff? Huff. Huff. And Usher. See, I mean, I, the names that I mispronounce are never the ones that I think I <laughs> Julianne Huff <laughs> and Usher. They'll watch as half a dozen aspiring activists compete representing one of three causes. There's more activists in this, but they'll have things that fall into three categories, education, health, or the environment during a network series that will run for five weeks. The winners get to attend the G20 summit in Rome later this fall to meet with leaders to try to raise money and awareness for their cause. So to clarify here, they do not compete for money. They compete for the opportunity to ask for money. Yeah. Week to week, vote. I believe viewers vote on social media for who they want to continue. Contestants on the activists will engage in, quote, missions, media stunts, digital campaigns, and community events aimed at garnering the attention of the world's most powerful decision makers. Pretty dystopian concept. And like, before we talk about this, I have to acknowledge, like, we're self-aware. We are in this genre of activism involved with also needing an audience to help us drive revenue to continue sharing information about activism. So like we're, we're, I don't want to say part of the problem, but we're very aware of the problem and it is a problem, a problem that the show has chosen not to antagonize, but reinforce. Yeah. And you said Mm. yesterday you had an anecdote about this. I did. I do. So fun fact, (laughs) I got an email from a casting producer about this show. Um, to be like a part of it. And oh I just God. didn't answer. Cause, oh my God. I, <laughs> Cause you were like, that seems like people are going to get really like, mad. Hmm. I was like, okay. What was your cause like, going to be? Did they say like, cause Brian, you are know. a very known content creator who is very smart and out there on social justice. But I don't, I wouldn't say you have a main issue. That's no, like the Brian I, to be issue. Honest, I, I feel like it wasn't to be any of these main people. It must've been like some oh. sort of, I don't know, stunt or something that involved more influencers because oh. I can't imagine them at, you know what I mean? Yeah, that but makes sense. still, I was like, huh. Choose, Brian. Education, like, health, <laughs> or the environment. <laughs> Which will you save? <laughs> Which is, yeah. Those are the only three issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the only three issues, too. I can't yeah. understand how this got out of a room. Also, like, I just also think that the, 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 the casting choices of the hosts was very, very interesting. Yeah, um, Julianne Huff has done blackface. Priyanka Chopra has made some upsetting statements to some people about geopolitics. Uh, I, I'm sure also, like, anything? my favorite, uh, 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 sure, it's just, I, I don't know, but, like, <laughs> the fact that we don't know is enough. Like, if they were, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, because he's, like, we're, like, oh, of course, he's doing the environment. Like, mm. or, like, obviously, he wouldn't do something like this. But you know what I mean? Like, someone of, like, who is so tied to activism. But I just always think of Priyanka Chopra, like, clapping off yeah. of her like mansion balcony to no one it, that video of her have you seen that it is so funny it's like when people were clapping first like uh, workers oh, yeah essential work it was just like oh, hilarious funny. but whatever um well the the host 
the the trio of hosts reeks to me of uh they pitched this to a couple people to host and we got, yeah. a, we got way down on a list and now the hosts are these three random people. Yeah. Or these three people's managers were like, sure. I'm sure that they probably went out first to like a Demi Lovato, a Jamila Jamil. Right. Uh, I think they probably went out to those like, semi-activist people or something yeah. yeah exactly and those people were like no that much and like the, brian yeah. they were like no <laughs> this is bad and these people are also like people who are probably like oh this is going to be really good press for me absolutely like i'm going to seem like a really great person yeah, yeah you have to have kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of like how activists feel about themselves and their movements to like think that this is good and it also it does remind me of the AOC conversation in that like I don't know it shines an ugly light on something that exists like I think that people I personally the reason why I was not in love with the AOC dress was because I didn't like the light it shone on like politicians and celebrity and the Mm commingling of that and this the activist like as we know is stuff like this trying to pull media stunts to get attention? Like, is that part of activism? Yeah. That's what we just talked about. Yeah. But the light, it shines on it by making it a show and making it a competition and having them actually go to the G20, which is supposed to be like a serious event. And now Usher's there. Like, I don't know what that's about. I don't feel like any like ill will towards the activists trying to get their cause more coverage or trying to get their money. Like obviously do what, like, like of course they're going to do whatever they can. Um, But my other question is like, if CBS has such easy access to the G20 summit, like how does that happen? Like why then like, why not just send all the activists? Right. Like there's in my head there, especially after this PR reaction, there is no way that CBS can end this other than giving them all an equal amount of, of money because the, I mean, just reading this, it's like this, these words, missions, media stunts, digital campaigns and community events. These are words that when you're talking about how activism works, you generally only see in like decks or job applications or internal memos. These are not things that you try to communicate about. Like it's the nitty gritty and the shitty part about how a lot of this works, but it's part of the problem. So it seems like, this show demonstrates what is actually a huge failure in the way, like, you're like, oh, we got to send these people to ask for money. You know what I want to watch? I want to watch you collect half a dozen billionaires and have them explain to me why they deserve to keep their money more than we should use it to help fix (laughs) education, health, and the environment. Yeah, exactly. And if they can't do a good job, we take their money away. Right. I just, I don't want to read, I like enforce this idea Because it just will not, like, certain causes will never be able, like, we are able to draw attention to certain causes because we do have our skill at digital campaigns and we have this background and I get paid a full-time salary to do that. People that are activists purely, they they cannot. So the fact that we're reinforcing this incentive system when what we need to be doing is saying this scarcity mindset is the whole problem. It's like when people, it's like when Pepsi tells you to use a paper straw. It's like the problem is not that social, that activist campaigns aren't good enough at media stunts. Yeah, the problem is you're not giving them enough. Yeah, exactly. Like world hunger isn't fixed because your TikTok wasn't good enough. World hunger isn't fixed because 
like everything's messed up. And in this country, the taxes are all like tax the rich. We're back. Yeah, I know. It's like, ultimately, <laughs> like tax the rich. It's just such a strange thing to pit. Like you, this cause is only, I mean, I guess how they're getting around this is that they're not giving people money. They're giving people an opportunity to ask for money. So they're not like denying money to, you know, the environmental campaign that wasn't, that wasn't sexy enough, but to, to give, to assign value to causes based on their ability to like respond to so the incentives in like pop culture and media these days, which are just insane. You have no time. People give none of their attention. Nobody, you have to, there's a crisis to donate to every like five minutes. The fact that you would just like throw up your hands and make a game show out of that <laughs> is so bleak to me. It's like, it's like, it's like are they like going to be criticizing like, you know, I like the song choice you use for your TikTok, but honestly, your moves just weren't authentic to me. Is that what Julianne yeah. Huff is? Is that why Julianne Huff is there? Like, right. I don't. Uh, it I mean, did you guys see the sense. Tyra, the Tyra memes where she was like, "I have two photos in my hand. <laughs> One is ending world hunger." <laughs> One is educating <laughs> Afghan girls. Only one of them can move on. The hopes of being it, I mean, it is like that bleak. And also, when you think about how much it, like, okay, they're getting around certain things by not giving them money. But also, you know how much money it costs to make a show? You know how much money it costs to have Priyanka Chopra on retainer? Like, do you right. know? Do you know what Usher's? day rate is like just give the just don't make the show and give them all the money <laughs> but this is all but that is also yeah. exactly a symbol of like okay we want to have our fundraiser believe it or not not every entertainer donates their services like yeah. that's actually not a given and you cannot assume that like i have not seen i would love to see that priyanka chopra and julianna nusher are are availing themselves yeah, of the fee for this but i don't think so i mean that's also like a, a critique i saw of aos AOC was that she should have said, um, no, I, I don't want to go. Please redirect your donation away from the Met and towards some other cause. Mm-hmm. I think that's asking a lot because then you can ask people to do that with every dime they spend. And it is true that not everything you do for a cause like necessarily pays off in, in a return. Some things are just their necessary parts of like marketing. But as I've been saying, that's part of the problem. So it's just so cynical to me that they would just take all of the worst parts of this this sector and make it a game yeah yeah it's a bummer do you think there is any way to do a competition style activism show i was just thinking that too i was like wondering i was like how could we do this without it seeming like gross i'm trying to think because it's like it really would be hard. Um, yeah. Michelle Norris wrote in the Washington Post. She just like she wasn't like making arguments. She was just throwing out ideas where it's like, what if it were five weeks where you all like like Bill Gates will basically put a bounty on like a, a biodegradable you know condom or whatever. It's like, let's have people all compete mm. in service of one issue. I don't know what it would be, but if they were all right. competing to solve a big issue and the reward that was the reward itself was solving the issue somehow. You were all motivated towards a shared goal rather than trying to like get split a fracture attention. But but still, yeah, that would be challenging. But I still think it yeah. has to end where it's like, oh, everybody wins. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing about having different different issues compete against each other is that then like, yeah, education loses one or um, mm-hmm. 
I, yeah, that's why I think it's like, there can be a show about activism and like, it would be cool. Maybe a show about, yeah, a group of people working to saw to on a thing, but I don't know if it can be competition based like that. It would just have to be like a docuseries, like following yeah. different activists, trying to get their thing. Just, just the docuseries. About right. It, and which... you pay, just pay people to participate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That might even be more interesting anyways. That would be way more interesting actually. Should we so, cut yeah. this part of the podcast and try and pitch it somewhere? Brian <laughs> <laughs> finally like responds to that email. I think like yeah. if, some of, if some of you guys saw the behind the scenes conversations we have to have about some things, they're pretty, I think that they would be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> on that, um, on that's the rolling note. That is our show today. So glad you're back, Elise. Until the Yay. end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betcha Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.